Support for this episode comes from our friends at Bold, Shopify's largest app developer, with amazing apps that do cool stuff, like subscriptions and recurring orders, wholesale and VIP pricing, loyalty programs, upsells, daily deals, super advanced product options, and more. Plus, they have a special offer exclusively for unofficial Shopify podcast listeners. To get any of their apps free for 90 days, go to website rescues.com slash bold to get started. All right. Welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. We're in season two. Even though the seasons are arbitrary, I make them up. Um, But I'm excited. It's October um, when I'm recording this anyway. By the time you hear it, it will probably be November or December. I apologize for that. But I'm getting married soon. Life is exciting. In leading up to my my uh, marriage, um, you know, and I'm told when they put the ring through my nose, it'll only pinch for a minute. But leading up to that, I started seeing uh, months ago a therapist, and I never really thought of someone who's is myself as someone who needed therapy. But I'm like, you know what? It's just like this feels like an adult thing to do. So I started seeing a therapist, and you know, months later, I can reflect on it, and it's been hugely helpful to me in that. Probably like the biggest change I've noticed in my personal and professional life, and I've had lots of people comment on it, is how much happier I seem, how much easier I am to deal with. And I really credit all of that change to being like assertively authentic. And what I mean by that is like, think about yourself. You probably act differently in your place of work, in your home, and at the bar, for example. Like you have different self images depending on where you are. Um, in your life and in your marketing, you're doing the same thing. I guarantee like, you know, if you're writing emails and social media as a business owner, that's very different than emails you're writing to your friend. And what's changed my life in a hugely positive way is ending all of that. Like my, I am just the same person regardless of what context you're dealing with me in. And sure there's subtle changes, but for the most part, like I've just, you know, I just have this one self image now, this authentic me. Um, and it feels great. And I've noticed, um, I saw someone else, you know, a lot of people are scared to do it. There's a fear as to why you shouldn't do it. And there was someone else I saw in a Slack um, who was coming about a, a similar realization, um, similar way of tackling things, um, named Paul Jarvis from the creative class, who, if you're not familiar, is kind of a big deal. You know, I figure anyone with like a 16,000 person email list knows what they're doing. Um, and he's joining me right now. Mr. Hey, Paul, hey, hello. Hey. Um, Paul, do you have like a what's the what's your elevator pitch? What do you do? <laughs> I don't. I live in the woods. I don't remember the last time I saw an elevator. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, you live in. Um, actually, there's lots of pictures of you. You do a lot of hiking, don't you? Yeah, I do a lot of hiking. I, as my for for what I do, I help freelancers do business better. The that is long a, and short of it. Is an entirely apt description of it. <laughs> and you also have a podcast. Uh, plug it plug it now plug your podcast for freelancer for me so i have a podcast it's a solo podcast because i'm not smart enough to book guests or anything like that so it's me talking it's short it's kind of weekly although i release more than one episode a week right now and it's just talking about things people ask me questions about freelancing and i answer them on the show you know what that like (laughs) that alone was worth the price of admission to this podcast because that's a it's such a great content marketing effort to do podcasts but like what you just said was, I listen to my customers, and then I answer their questions. So that's just, like, that fundamentally, I'm sure, is helping sell your service, 
but you don't like your products, your course. Um, but you're really not doing any sales in that. You're just answering people's questions. Exactly. That's I think ten seconds at the end that just say, "Hey, if you like this, check out the course." But really, that's about it. You know, <laughs> it's more just me talk. It's more just me answer. Yeah, it's me talking to yeah. my audience. Yeah, and the stay up people, you know, they they hear your voice. You're spending, you know, they're maybe spending you know, several minutes with you in their ears. They get familiar with you. It builds trust. Um, and then at the end, it's it's low pressure. Just saying, hey. As an option, if this was helpful to you, here's something else that would be helpful. And that's the same thing we do here. We just have an outro um, voiceover that I pay, I got on Fiverr um, that we use. That's our, our call to action. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I just use my band's old music. <laughs> I just, I steal from myself for that. <laughs> I don't know if it's stealing from yourself. <laughs> yeah, true. You have the license. You are the license yes. holder. Um, okay, so one of the things I love about you is you're very, like, in everything you do, you're actually quite funny. Like even just, um, you know, when you uh, requested me on Skype, it was like, be friends with me. <laughs> so automatically, I'm like, all right, that's funny. But it wasn't just because we were interacting. That's just who you are. Um, yes. And a great example is you have a 16,000 person email list. And the opening like welcome email already has that humor in it. Yeah, it talks about, and I've A-B tested the shit out of this too because <laughs> I, I'm a like marketer and a data nerd. But I found that it was more, and I spent so much time researching how onboarding works, not just like in terms of monetizing, but in terms of like the psychological aspects of bringing somebody into an existing community, which is so important with online stuff. But for my newsletter, I found that it, makes more sense and makes people feel more comfortable and makes people get a better sense of who I am as a person, as a maker, as somebody who sells stuff to them sometimes, if they just got a sense of who I am as a person. So it talks about like, I hired private investigator robotic pigeons to find out their name. <laughs> and then I got it tattooed on my inner left arm. So every time I raise my inner left arm, I will look at their name and think of them fondly. <laughs> and then there's just like a little PS, like if you want um, all of the the best-selling books that I've written, you can get them for 50% off. And this, like, almost totally an afterthought, but I do actually sell, I don't know, quite a bunch of those a day <laughs> from people signing up. But the point of the newsletter is to get people to see kind of my personality and how I approach topics, because I found, too, because I've kind of jump, jumped genres so many times with what I do, I found that people really care about the personality and what I bring uniquely to the table, like anybody would uniquely bring to the table more than the topic. And I found that people follow me from like topic to topic or genre to genre because they're interested in my take, not necessarily just in, oh, I need to read this because this is the topic I'm interested in. It's like, I need to read this because I like the way that Paul presents information and here's him presenting information about this specific topic. That's interesting. Actually, there's a couple things there. Uh, understanding the psychology of onboarding is really interesting. Um, I've been listening to and loving this audiobook, um, and it's a you know, print book too, but you know, I don't know how to read paper. I don't know how to read dead trees. Um, influence the power of psychology. Have you read that? No, it's really good. And it presents everything in like some stuff you already know, you know, like if I present to you a higher price first than a lower price, it makes the lower price seem that much lower. Yeah. Um, anchoring. You know, yeah. And it, like it explains those concepts and why they work. Yeah. Um, but it like ties them all back to basically like how sleazy salespeople use these tactics and then like less and then, you know, non-evil approaches 
to these things. It's really fascinating. Um, did you have any resources like uh, that you could think of off the top of your head for um, you know studying for figuring out that onboarding process? Um, no, I mean obviously I read like Sam Hewlett's book um, about onboarding, and I started to look more. Great, I read yeah, yeah, Sam, I read a bunch of like Sean D'Souza stuff. He's great. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Sean awesome. D'Souza and the Brain Audit. Um, yeah, fantastic book. Yeah, so just looking at those things and looking at how not just why something works, because I think a lot of times on the internet now, we're just like, I need an answer. Here's how to do it. I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to do it. Whereas I'm like, if this works, why? <laughs> like, I need to know why. I'm the guy who, like, took, when I was a kid, I took everything apart and tried to put it back together, mostly failing miserably <laughs> at doing that. There's extra pieces. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. Who cares? My wife doesn't like that if I do that now. Like, oh, the dishwasher, there's like 18 screws that I didn't need. It's like, Really? Really? <laughs> so the, okay, so you've got, you know, you're onboarding people in a very intentional way mm -hmm. um, by being funny, by being yourself. Um, and even like, you know, on your personal site, your logo's a rat. And I know it's because you have pet rats and mm -hmm. love rats. Um, so it's just you, like, being being you. Would you say, um, like, the do you distinguish between, like, your professional self and your, you know, everyday personal self? Nope. Not at all. It's just, I'm not smart enough to be somebody <laughs> that I'm not. Like, that's really what it comes down to. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't... More, like, the more I just become myself at work, having that single self-image that's just me, not carrying around that, like, professional and personal self, um, really in, has been phenomenal. Like, I've seen a huge improvement in my business and my life as a result um, it sounds like you started there, which is lucky. I mean, but I think what stops people is it's scary. Like the critical part to to just being yourself all the time is being authentic and being open and honest. Like essentially you're laying it out on the line and that's what scares people. Yeah, it's a vulnerability because basically if so, but then that's a thing that I like because I think that that shows... I would rather somebody dislike me for who I actually am than dislike me for somebody I'm trying to be, right? Like, That's a really great point. I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like you flip flip it on its head. If you're trying to be someone else and people don't like that other guy like that you're trying to be, that's the worst possible outcome. Yes. They hate you for who you aren't even actually. Yeah. And when you think about it that way, it kind of starts making a lot of sense. And there's also, I wrote about this, I think in my last article, or it does, that doesn't really matter because I don't even know when this is airing, but the article that I wrote about, um, does anybody remember laughter? Which right. not as many Which people got I, I read the that joke. and it resonated with me. And that's, um, as soon as I read that, that's when I reached out to you. Nice. Yeah. I had a lot of people, did you know that was a reference to, uh, Led Zeppelin? Um, Robert Plant was standing on stage during uh, a show that they recorded and turned into a movie. And he said that, I think, during Stairway or something like that. And it's one of the things that he regrets saying most on stage because everybody says, does anybody remember laughter? But <laughs> no, yes. I, You know what? I'm a Led Zeppelin fan. Uh, <laughs> and I had no idea. I did not know that. Oh, I can't. I can't. The, the name of the movie is escaping me right now. But yeah, it's just a, it's just one of those things. I think it, they reference it in um, Almost Famous, the movie as well. It's just, a, it's just, I don't know. I like making quirky, non sequitur references to stuff because I feel like not enough creators 
realize that they can control and foster who they want in their audience and who they don't want in their audience. That's what so I started to figure out too. Yeah, the yes. more I'm myself, the better. Like I'm attracting clients that I just have. I like I just get along with them because exactly. I'm being me, and like they're just attracted to it. And you're right. Fundamentally, like again, it's people's fear is oh I'll scare clients away. Yeah, you're gonna scare away the ones that you didn't wouldn't have liked anyway. Exactly, or the ones who are just gonna make the whole thing go to shit like, <laughs> during mock up phases or something. Like it's just not gonna be a good fit anyways. So. And I, fa- I found like that's that's really the main reason that I use humor. One is because that's who I am. Like I'm a, a silly son of a bitch, but <laughs> I also use humor because if people don't get my humor, they're not going to like me. Uh, like they're not going to like anything I make either. Like they're not going to be a good fit if they don't get my sort of British dry sense of humor. Then it nothing about me or about what I make is going to work for them. So they should probably just leave now. Yeah, yeah, and really like. You know, and at the same time, when you do it, it makes you stand out. You mm-hmm. know, and I'm a big proponent of positioning, of being like picking, like writing everything for this one ideal customer. Not like, you know, not even a target segment. Like literally think of your one favorite client, customer, VIP person. And may, like, and if you're not already running a business, maybe that person is you. Write everything for that one person and it will work because it will resonate really well with this like, tiny segment and you'll make way more money with that than you would trying to appeal to everybody to a broad audience well that's the thing like positioning means having a position on something yeah you have to have an opinion yes it's taking a stand it's drawing your line in the sand and everybody on your side is your audience and everybody on the other side they don't matter they're not going to buy anything if they buy something they're going to want a refund or they're going to chat my biggest pet peeve is people like disputing a payment it's like, how about you just email me and ask for a refund and then I'll just give you one. Don't dispute the payment and say it's a fraud charge. When I can log in, I can see how many lessons you've done. I can see all the downloads you've had. So, oh, man, yeah, I've yet to have any. Gripe. I, you know, um, I'm jumping, I'm moving into, jumping into info products. You know, yeah. I got the, the taste of info products with a couple small things that just worked phenomenally well. Um, and, you know, in teaching people, like I was a, few people know it, I was a community college teacher years ago. Cool. Um, and I, I love teaching. It feels good. Um, but yeah, I've had people like though, you know, and I offer a a hundred percent, you know, no questions asked, uh, money back guarantee within Sick. 14 days. Sick. Right. It's a risk reversal. Um, as you know, Sean DeSouza from the brain audit would say, yes. but and, you know, people will, will email me and, and ask to use it. And every time I just say, and they give me all myriad reasons. And I always say, you're clearly too advanced for this. That's great. Yeah. So here I've already issued your refund. And, you know, best of luck. Yeah, um, exactly. And that's much easier. But, yeah, the, like, the strange excuses and reasons people give are, are stunning. It's like, you don't have to make something up, man. Just tell me that you're, you know, you want the money back. It's fine. Exactly. It's totally or, fine. Like, yeah, don't dispute the charge with your credit card company because that, that just makes me take more of my time. Like, just ask for a refund. I'll press the refund button. You, yeah, you it go. wastes both your time. Like, <laughs> their goal is to get their money back. Okay, yeah. you'll get it back faster if you just hit ask for the refund. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wonder why they do that. I haven't had anyone dispute it. Um, yeah, sure I just the, lost sure one today. Come, but. I just lost one today, which is why it's top of mind. And I showed Stripe because you have to say, like, proving that it's not a fraud charge. So I showed them, like, the back end where this user's clearly gone through my entire course. They've downloaded a bunch of stuff. They've participated in the community. 
and they said that they didn't authorize the charge. And it's like, well, I kind of have all the proof. So I thought I was going to win, and then I didn't win. I was just like, okay, whatever. Just next time, ask for a refund. So the um, so uh, you know, someone like that, I'm going to put them in the category of like troll, hater, or angry yeah. customer. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times those people. Either they're, you know, they, they get jealous or, you know, they're having, there's something that's going on in their life where they're unhappy and they're just going to tear someone else down. Yeah, they, they need to take a shit. And because you're the person <laughs> that they just bought something from, you're the closest thing that they can take a shit on. Like, <laughs> that's really what it is. Like, I've dealt with trolls for so long. And, and they, what I found is that it's just people need, people need to take a dump on somebody. And I happen, I my email's in their inbox, so hey, they have stuff they want to work out. I'm I'm closest. <laughs> when <laughs> so, you gotta go, you gotta go. The, I guess. So you've got to grow, like you know, as I as I grow my audience, as I become you know more open, I'm I am also you know I'm getting lots of people saying, wow, you know, I love what you're doing. Keep doing it; it's great. But I'm mm. also getting like trolls pop up, um, you know, trolls and haters, and. Mm. It sucks. Like, it's hard not to take it personally. Um, I'm no longer afraid of it. Like, most of the time, it's just annoying, and after an hour, I get over it. Um, how, do you, how do you deal with it? How do you tackle it? Aside from, you know, like, you have to be able to laugh at it. Yeah, and I actually, I, this is what people like the most about my Twitter feed, is tweeting the funniest unsubscribe from my mailing list every Sunday. Because there's <laughs> always something funny. Like, there's always just, like, the weirdest stuff. And, yeah, I mean, so the, the one thing is that, like, if it's somebody that's just being straight up mean, like I've had everything from people like insulting me to threatening my life to like oh, threatening God. physical harm and stuff. And it's just like. All because you I, gave them a whole, because you said, hey, you can voluntarily opt into a whole <laughs> bunch of free great content from me. You know, it's like, hey, hey, here's my house party. Come on in. And then they're mad. They're like, I'm going to fucking kill you because your yeah. house party doesn't live up to whatever standard I set. Exactly, and it's, and it's like it's, Jesus. It's, how do you live your life like that? Yeah, so I mean, sometimes like I, I do get upset sometimes, but I try not to get upset for too long. Like I let myself get upset, and then I move on to something else. Otherwise, there would be like I would just be sitting in a ball in the corner and like I don't know, sobbing <laughs> uncontrollably and kind of rocking a little. But yeah, so like if if somebody says something mean, I'm going to get upset about it, and then I'm going to try to move on as quickly as possible. But like the the. The overall thing is, like I said, like 99% of the time, it has nothing to do with me. I just happen to be the closest thing or the closest person that they can lash out at. So I try to always remember that. That is always to do with them and not me. Yeah, um, if you... Because if somebody wants, uh, say they're, they're unhappy with my product and they ask for a refund, I've never had anybody meanly ask for a refund. Like for my paying customers... Nobody's ever been mean about not wanting to be a paying customer anymore. The only people who are mean are the people who would never buy anything from me anyways, who are just trying to work out their own stuff. I haven't even given them anything other than like free content where there's an unsubscribe button all the time. And I actually use that. If somebody sends me a mean email in reply to my newsletter, I can if you scroll down to the bottom of that email and hit unsubscribe, it takes them off of your list, which I use all the time. <laughs> That's actually, yeah, I mean, 90, 99% of the time when that happened, you're right. Like, in retrospect, that makes total sense. What's going on is, you know, um, it's never someone who's paid me anything. It's always <laughs> just like they signed up for my email list or they're like a drive-by on Twitter. Yeah. You know, and with the email, like, they'll send me something shitty in the email list and I will just scroll to the bottom 
click <laughs> unsubscribe, and then I don't have to think about it anymore. Like that's how you, that's right. That's usually how I tackle it. Yeah. And then my favorite are the, like the incredibly absurd ones, um, and those I just like drop in a Slack channel for other people's amusement. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had somebody last week that unsubscribed because he didn't like my jokes, but I helped him write a book and get a book deal. But he didn't like my jokes, so he unsubscribed. I'm just like, wow. Like, that's, this is the funniest. Like, enjoy your success. I'm sorry, I'm not funny. (laughs) It's just like, it's just baffling my mind. And that's like, I don't even know how to be upset about that. It's just like, it's mind bogglingly ludicrous. So it's like, I'm glad I have this as a story to tell people. Because it's it's ridiculous, it is, and, but yeah, I like telling people ridiculous, ridiculous stories. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> so like the uh, so circling back, you know, the whole point was, yeah, the reason people aren't their authentic selves in their marketing, in their business, and online is because they're scared of trolls and haters. And at the end of the day, those people don't matter. Like if something like that happens, what's the worst they could do? They're saying something mean. Okay, unsubscribe them, block them and move on and realize it's because like they are either they're a shitty person or they're having a shitty day. Either of those things are not your fault and they're not your problem. Yeah. And those people aren't going to support your work. And it's like, I've written about this all the time. Like my, you find your rat people, like you need to find your 1%, like the people who are going to support you, not just financially, but emotionally and as an audience and as supporters of the work that you make. Like find those people. Everybody else doesn't matter. And when They're it not does, it feels so good. Yeah, it's freeing because you know that you don't have to please everybody. Because pleasing everybody would be super fucking hard. Like I don't, even, I don't know how to please everybody. <laughs> it's like impossible. Like it's a, it's a logic problem that cannot be solved. Pleasing everybody, but you can please a tiny, tiny group of people who are your audience, who are the people that you make things for, who are the people that you share value with. And everybody else is just like, who cares? Like they let them exist, and they don't need to be any part of any of the, the, the any of the things that you do. The internet's a big enough place for people who don't necessarily like each other or get value from other people to exist in tandem. It's a big enough place for everybody. Yeah, and it's the thing that stops people that scares people is because it's paradoxical. Because mm-hmm. they're like, well, if I'm only marketing to these tiny people, I won't make any money. I need that's only a tiny sliver of the pie. I need the whole thing. No. <laughs> The tighter and more focused and smaller you try and make that audience and the more exclusive it becomes, the better everything around it gets. Exactly. You know, and the like the example I always hold up is moving from, you know, we were generalist web developers struggling. And then when I just said, okay, we're only doing Shopify and like specific things then on Shopify, that's when we got suddenly incredibly successful and we became experts and authorities. Um, yep. And it, I did the same with my web design stuff. I got super focused on the exact type of person that I work with and just did work for that type of person. And same thing. I became an expert. I became booked like five, six months in advance. It all changed because I focused on one tiny, tiny, tiny group of people. Yeah. And that's like, it's not something reserved for web designers or professional services. Yeah. That works in literally all businesses. Like exactly. at this point, step one for any business should be, you know, find your your tribe, your rat people, your audience, like just figure out that narrow 1% that you can serve ideally. And then, you know, and the like pick the one that you could speak to as your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Boom, nailed it. Um, <laughs> so, okay, that last question for you, last topic I want to bring up. Um, so uh, 
on topic, um, but still we're we're dealing with with psychology and labels here. Um, a lot of people, I've had a lot of discussions about introverts versus extroverts, and I think I I na- I describe myself um, maybe inaccurately as a recovered introvert after having gone through this um, doing a big public speaking gig at Brennan's DYFC. Yeah. Um, and after that, you know, I'm starting to think maybe like this whole time I've just been a shy extrovert you know trying to um i don't know what it is but i feel like an extrovert now people acknowledge me as an extrovert um and i've gotten some like some people are like oh help me become an extrovert okay i don't know how man um and i've had some people be like there's nothing wrong with being an introvert and get mad at me for it (laughs) i think it doesn't matter what label you give yourself like labels are for jars anyways (laughs) (laughs) yeah but at, at the end of the day um I think the you know the only time it matters is when you're using it as an excuse not to do something. That's the mm-hmm. only time I've seen it where it makes a difference. Where people have told me, well, they're like, you know, someone will say, oh, how do I do? You know, build authority, and I'll say, well, you know, you could do a podcast, write a book, go do networking events, et cetera, et cetera. And they'll say, well, you can do that because you're an extrovert, but I'm an introvert. I can't. It's like, no, no, no. That's just a label you use to give an excuse to yourself so you don't have to do it. Well, yeah, people. Yeah, that's like a, a massive excuse. Is that I'm not a I'm not a type of per, I'm not that type of person to do X, and it's like, well, I was not that type of person to do X until I did it. Just like you, you weren't the type of person to do speaking gigs till you spoke at Brennan's thing, right? Yep, like exactly, you're not that type of person to do these things until you actually do them. Then you are a type of person that does those things. It's like I I relate way more with being an introvert. I get my energy from not being around people. But that doesn't like I still have a podcast. I still sell products. I still like email my mailing list. I don't you still do... came as a guest on this podcast. Exactly. Like it, I don't let that stop me. I know that I need to respect how I get energy enough to like get through my day. Like if I'm doing like a couple calls in a day, then I'm not going to book any other work because I know I need to like rest and relax for the rest of the day. Yeah, but it doesn't. Here. I, I, I could... don't stop those things. I've I discovered like a, if I got to do three calls in a day, that's actually that's rough. That's a full day. Like that's that's the the start and finish of my day if I'm doing like three or four calls. So I just accommodate for what I need. I don't let it become a setback or something that makes me not do something. Yeah, and you're like I know you are a self-described introvert. I absolutely believe you. But based on your marketing, you know, everyone else would assume that you're an extrovert. Um, yeah. So I think fundamentally like it doesn't matter what label you give yourself. The only thing that matters is what you give yourself permission to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like me, I, the first couple podcasts I guessed it on, I had to get drunk because I was so scared. Like I had anxiety. Yeah. I think the first one I ever did was Web Agency Nation. And yeah. I was like nervous for two weeks beforehand. And then I did like a shot of whiskey. And I did I did perfectly fine on it. But I had to do like 10 uh, podcast guests. And then I also, I'm like, there's no way I could ever host a podcast. That's even harder and scarier. And I had like several people who were like, yeah, you should host one. You're, you know, you're good at this. And so I said, all right, fine, we'll do it. And it was great. Like every time it's just give your, try it, give yourself permission to do it. Cause there's really nothing bad that's going to happen. Well, exactly. And I think we live in a world now where you don't need to get past a gatekeeper to publish content on the internet. But so now that's we've all become point. our own gatekeepers. Like we all hold ourselves back instead of like somebody else saying like, oh, you can't have a radio show. You can't have a book deal. It's like we're telling ourselves that now. Like, oh, I can't. I can't. It's like before I wrote my first book, I wasn't an author. But that didn't stop me from writing a book. It's like I don't know how to write a book. It's like, okay, well, I'm just going to figure out how to write a book. 
I'm not going to let that. I'm not going to be a gatekeeper. Nobody else is holding me back from doing this except for myself. So why would I hold myself back from doing something that I actually really want to do? Well, that I just had like such an amazing, uh, that was such a, a great epiphany for me. Oh, you want to do a podcast? Okay, a mic is 30 bucks and Simplecast is 12 bucks a month and iTunes approves whatever. You want to publish an ebook? That Go for it. It's easy. Like there's, you want to sell an info product? Put it on Gumroad. Start a store? Put it on Shopify. Everything, like we all have the tools now to do and create really whatever we want. And the thing that's stopping us is ourselves. Exactly. It's not the technology. It's not the like ease of access into the market. It's just us. God, that's okay. <laughs> I want to end it there because that's such a great, great takeaway is figure out what that like number one thing is you wish you could do and now give yourself permission to do it. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I love it. Um, yeah. Jesus. Even I'm like energized now having talked to you. Um, <laughs> okay. What, where, um, you have a great newsletter a great podcast. Tell me where people can go to get those things. Google Paul Jarvis. Ooh, that, God, that's whole... a power move right there. <laughs> that is a power move. Just Google me. Yeah. Google me. I'm the first like three or four pages of Paul Jarvis. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I'm stealing that. I'm going to start using that. Um, you just got to make sure that you that you have complete market saturation for your name first. Oh, I t- you know what? I and actually, I know that I do. I'm since yeah. I'm redesigning my site. I was like looking for. St- I was literally looking for stuff about myself to put on my own website, <laughs> which is ridiculous. But yeah, I Google myself, and I'm like, sweet. The first two pages are all me. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm a super villain. Um, and it's just from like yeah, podcast guests and getting quotes and like articles and stuff. But yeah. yeah. Yes, man. Uh, Paul, thank you. Thank you very much for coming on. This was a, a wonderful discussion. I really yeah, no it. problem. It's my pleasure. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.